Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode six of Aussie Talks. I've got a very exciting episode for you guys here today. We're going to be speaking about things like my big call. We're going to be looking at this flood situation in New South Wales and Queensland and how the media have been very hypocritical in the way they've covered it. We're going to look at what was a very special performance by the ones team of Boleyn Templestowe Cricket Club on Saturday and we're also going to look at a few other things. So without further ado, let's get right on started. Before I start this segment, I just want to uh, send my best wishes and uh, thoughts to all those in those communities in New South Wales and Queensland who have been flood affected. Uh, some of the pictures and videos and stuff coming through is, is shocking. I'm old enough to remember the 2011 Queensland floods and they were uh, they were appalling and these are, these are worse. Um, and it's just it's just shocking to see. And yeah, my thoughts are going out to all those who have uh, lost loved ones, who have lost pets, who have lost their homes, you know, their cars, just everything. Um, so I just want to say that before I start this segment. But I want to talk about how the media have been incredibly hypocritical with how they've acted during these floods, and pretty disgraceful if I'm uh, if I'm telling the truth here. Scott Morrison went to the community of Lismore a couple of days ago to speak with the people of Lismore. Now, for those of you who have watched the first five episodes, sorry, listened to the first five episodes, would know my opinion to a point on Scott Morrison. For those of you who don't, I don't mind the guy. I think he's got his flaws, he's got his pros, he's got his cons, um, but he's better than the alternative. Now, the media were not allowed on this trip to Lismore which the media called out as just not good enough, this and that, regardless of your opinion on that. This is the same media who would have, by any point during this crisis, if they were allowed to go there, what they would have done is they would have gone, oh, have a look at this, Scott Morrison, people are abusing him, we get to use this and be the Labor basically be the Labor political platform going into the election. Look what happened in the bushfires. Scott Morrison allowed the media to go to those communities. Probably a mistake. He tried to shake hands with guys. It was a bad time. He was away in Hawaii. Um, It was not the right thing to do in terms of those people. But the media then bagged him, and then they bag him now for not having the media. So please tell me what you want him to do. Now, I'm not silly here. Everything in politics is done for PR. They're all there to get re-elected, and that's why we need to clear the swamp of everybody there and get some actual people in there as opposed to politicians and bureaucrats. But that's a completely different topic. What's happened here with the floods is we've got people who have lost everything. The last thing they need is a camera pushing their face for ABC or Channel 10 or Channel 7, Channel 9, whatever, or SBS, another public funded network who are incredibly biased, but either way, the last thing they need is a camera in their face of people badgering them with questions or them being forced to interact with people they don't want to interact with. They've been politicized. And this is what the media has done over the last two years. Look at COVID, look at COVID. I turn it on now, and they're still going with COVID. Don't get me wrong, COVID, it is. it was a pandemic, you know, ruined the economies, societies, lives for 
you know, two years. The media have got such a job to do with that. I am a firm believer that the media pushed Victoria into two of those lockdowns. As much as I hate Dan Andrews, the media pushed and pushed and pushed. It's their narrative. They get it to sell papers. It's not objective anymore. It's all them not reporting on news, reporting on facts. If Reporting on facts is a lost art in the media. It is all opinion-based and bias. Now, if I wanted an opinion based on the floods, I'd go have a look. I'd maybe go to one that I agree with, go to an opposite one, just to get those differing perspectives. I want the news. I don't want to turn on Channel 10 and hear this. He didn't hold a hose during the bushfires. But brooms are a different matter. Getting a lot of work out. He's had problems with handshakes in the past. But freshly out of COVID ISO, Scott Morrison wasn't afraid to shake as many hands as he could. I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. It's just the smugness. That is Channel 10 right there. People turn into Channel... Oh, sorry. People don't tune into Channel 10. Who tunes into Channel 10 because they've gone so woke? It's ridiculous. But this is a community which has been put on its knees because of a natural disaster with these floods. And the media, and it's not just Channel 10, there's plenty of examples out there. Go have a look for yourself. Just this smugness in that little shot because they don't want Scott Morrison as Prime Minister. Report on the news. Report on those who have lost so much as opposed to political bullshit. That's my message to the media there. That's that hypocrisy. If he didn't if he brought the cameras, you'd do the same thing with the bushfires. And I'd be saying the same thing if Anthony Albanese was Prime Minister because it is the hypocrisy of the media and is one-sided reporting and is not focusing on the true issues around these floods. It is not good enough, plain and simple. Media, get it together because how about you report on those who have lost it all as opposed to cheap political shots. Improve. Or your boy on Aussie Talks is going to take your spot. Wide to the left. Brady looking the other way. Brady going deep down the right sideline for Evans. He makes the catch. He's in for the score. I want to talk about here something that just it just niggles me a little bit. And it happened again today. Tom Brady announced that he was coming back for a 23rd season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, after retiring 42 days ago or something like that. I've got a question that I want you all as uh, listeners to take in here. Does any athlete ever stay retired anymore? Like, seriously, does any athlete stay retired? I can't take anyone seriously, especially boxers. Tyson Fury says he's retiring. Man, I I would bet money. I'd bet a lot of stuff that Tyson Fury ain't done. Floyd Mayweather's retired six times. Tom Brady retired. Hey, no. Oh, man, I thought he was gone. I thought he was gone. I'm a big fan of the NFL myself. And don't get me wrong, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's the best I've ever seen. He's, you know, he's the GOAT. But, man, why could he not just bugger off? You got, you played, you've got seven rings. What more do you need to prove, brother? Give us a bit of parity back in the NFL where it's not Tom Brady in the playoffs every year scaring everybody. Now, he's not the same player he was. And, you know, I've got to potentially... I've got a feeling in the in my gut that this could be a really terrible decision, but it's not going to ruin his legacy. He's got seven rings. If he was to win another one, man, man, if he was to win another one, ESPN, I don't know what they're going to do. They already love him already. LeBron and, like, 
Anthony and Le- LeBron and Tom Brady are on the same level of they pull a stat out of their ass. It was one I saw the other day from LeBron, the biggest gap between your first 50-point game and your most recent. They're going to start doing that with Tom Brady as well. My whole point is that athletes don't stay retired anymore. Uh, I saw a thing, a, a bloke paid $500,000 for a, a uh, the last touchdown of Tom Brady's career. Ha! So if you think you're having a bad day, uh, just think of that bloke who's lost 500 grand because no athlete ever stays retired anymore. Um, so, yeah, just a little uh, nitpick I have. If you stay retired, or if you retire, stay retired. Don't come back. Bugger off. You know, do whatever the hell you want outside of the sport. Um, and especially when Tom Brady has caused a lot of pain to basically every team um, in the NFL. Um, you know, 49ers could have drafted them all these years ago. So there's always a bit of uh, that that, as a 49ers fan, I don't like. But if you're an athlete and you stay retired, you have my respect. All right? That's uh, that's your tick of approval that you need because no athlete stays retired anymore. Tom Brady, piss off, mate. First ball in test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gadding has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. As you can tell by that little audio, I want to have a uh, quick little mention of an Australian icon who died um, just over a week ago, early Saturday morning, of a heart attack, and that is, of course, Shane Warne. Uh, it's someone who was a hero to so many uh, on and off the field, regardless of what he did. He was uh, an icon. That's the only way to describe him. I got a message early Saturday morning from a mate, um, and I was just in shock, absolute shock. You know, I didn't end up going back to sleep um, just because I couldn't. And I think everybody who has a connection to cricket or a connection to sport or just Australia in general felt that. Uh, It didn't seem real, still doesn't seem real. Uh, It's almost somewhat of that iconicness and just power they have over people and that sort of celebrity status, they can't die. Um, And it was just a shock. Uh, You know, I play cricket myself, I'm a leg spinner um, and... You know, he's he's everyone's hero if you're a leg spinner. You know, you look up to him. You want to bowl like Warne. You want to bowl flipper like Warne. You want to turn it like Warney. Um, and, yeah, it was it, it's it's tough. It, it's very tough. And, you know, I've had uh, some good conversations with people speaking about it and how, um, how crazy how crazy it is. And I think it's the real message that you never know when your time's up. Um you know, Shane Warne, he meant so much to so many, and I'm glad he's being honoured in the way he is, and I hope they keep uh, giving privacy to his family, which hasn't been shown so far, but uh, I hope they do have that closure, and yeah, it just shows that you, you never know when your time's up, so I just want to have that quick little mention there of an absolute hero, an icon of Australian cricket and Australia, um, and with a podcast called Aussie Talks, I, I need to mention uh, this this incredible man, so rest in peace, Warney. You're a hero to so many, mate, and uh, thank you for everything you did to cricket and everything you gave to Australia. All right, it is now time for Jordan's Big Call. All right, I thought I'd make a big call that 
relates to the start of footy season, which is in a couple of days. And for those of you who know me, I do go big with my AFL predictions and calls I make. This one here, I think, is a bit more pedestrian. I think this one here, it's not that big of a call, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a club that have had sustained success for almost a decade now. Um, So I'm going to predict, I'm going to make the big call that West Coast is going to finish in the bottom four. Um, they're a bit too old, too many injury, too many injuries uh, in pre-season, and, you know, maybe I'm proven wrong here, but I, I think that West Coast are going to finish in the bottom four. You know, they, they're just past it. Uh, you know, the big story was obviously Darling, whether he was going to play, he does, which does help them. I saw a thing before that Tim Kelly uh, got COVID. They have the talent. But I just, with the injuries, they're a bit too old. They're a bit old. You know, they'll win some games in at Optus Stadium. But there's your big call. West Coast, the 2018 Premiers against that choking Collingwood side, will finish in the bottom four. All right, it is now time for a segment I like to call 60 Second Rant. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! In this segment of 60 Second Rant, I'm going to have 60 seconds on the clock, and I'm going to be ranting slash discussing a topic that I have been a little bit annoyed with, and the topic is going to be about how stuff just keeps changing for the sake of changing in regards to sports and rules committees this is in light of the recent changes to cricket, which, if you haven't seen for yourself, go have a look. It's just changing stuff for the sake of changing it. 60 seconds has started. We see this in every single sport. Look at AFL. The other day, I looked at a highlights package from the 2017 game St Kilda Richmond where we smashed them. The game has changed so much. The stand rule, making the goal square so big, or they haven't changed the lines, but making the guy stand 25 metres back. The stand rule, not using the umpires. I look at cricket. They're just changing stuff, man. It's this man kids that are now... I, uh, you're able to do it now. Why are we changing it? It's just now these new changes. I actually like them. I'm a bowler. I like having to face a, a new or a new batsman having to face me. But it starts with this little stuff here. And this is the problem. It starts. It's so insignificant. These small changes. People go, oh, right, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Soon thing, you'll find bats that are massive and given another advantage, or the bowlers will be able to bowl and five balls and over and they can change it's like the hundred which is just a joke but stop changing rules that are so small because it builds up and up and up look at the afl you can't tackle anymore it's just weak as piss that's 60 seconds up that's just a quick one i've got uh stop changing stuff for the sake of changing it because it says a very bad precedent It is now time for the segment I've been waiting to do from the very start. I want to talk about the Boleyn Templestowe Ones who won the grand final on Saturday in Dorothy McIntosh Shield against Doncaster. Now, before I start, all my East Doncaster Cricket Club Friday night cricket mates, let's go out and win this Sunday or Friday, whenever the game is, and I'll make a little segment about that as well. But this is a segment I have faced a lot of, a lot of external pressure from, whether it be from the senior guys down at Bowling Tableson Cricket Club or the infamous or famous, depending on which side you're on, Rat Pack. But I'm looking here at my cricket, and for those of you who don't 
go to Bullion Temple Stoke Cricket Club or don't have any idea what I'm talking about, get on my cricket and have a look at these stats because, mate, it is absolutely gorgeous. I'm looking here at Doncaster. They were top of the ladder the whole year. This was meant to be a, rebu- a rebuilding year for Bullion Temple Stoke, and the ones just go on and win. If I'm looking at our batting, we were chasing a total of 174, and I'll get to the bowling in a second. But I'm looking at our batting Harrison Free... 74 off 89 deliveries. I think he more than fulfilled his contract when he came to the club. 74, absolutely outstanding, mate. He got the start with Hamish McLean, who did make a quick-fire 18, smacking some beautiful shots straight and square of the wicket. Let's not talk about Verga's duck. Bit of controversy in that for those who were there. Then the... Jack Berry, who was very kind and gave me a cheeseburger at 2 a.m. on Saturday or Sunday morning, but he scored a brilliant 70, including a six, which is one of the biggest hits I've seen that nearly went onto the road at Lead Street Reserve. We chased down 174 against the best batting team in the league, apparently. We chased it down with a good five overs, or 31 balls, actually, two spare, only being two wickets down. I move over to the bowling now, and this is, I'm going to call him the GOAT. I know he doesn't like it, but the GOAT got himself three wickets at 57 runs off eight overs, and that is, of course, Adam Howard. The GOAT. I know you love that nickname, mate. Look at Chance. Got off to a great start. Got robbed of a wicket. One for 19. Absolutely robbed of a wicket. Uh, look at Zach, the fiver, the fifer from last week. As it was said on the Corden, an impeccable style of bowling. And I'll get to the Corden Box Hill Reporter podcast in a minute as I'm calling them out for a lack of research and a lack of faith. And I think they owe Bulling Templestowe Cricket Club an apology. But I will get to that. He bowled very well. One for 27. And Dash, the superstar, got three for 39. Bowling them out just short of 40 overs, 174. And i got to say to all the players, whether it be Smitty, who did get a wicket in there, one for 31. Mitchie, who came in there at the end for an injury. It was an incredible moment. The footage, which I'll play the audio of, the audio of actually right now. It was a very special and incredible moment. And i got to say, all the support for Boleyn Templestowe. I was down there. The whole club was down there. And the Doncaster supporters who were chatting and chatting and chatting, cocky, 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 did not stand a single chance. And I don't care what anyone was saying when Harrison Free hit that four. And I know for those who weren't there, this may not mean much, but I've been told to give a review of the game and a review of the situation. It was an incredible game, an incredible moment. It will take a long time to sink in. But I want to call out right now the Corden Box Hill Reporter podcast, and I'd be more than willing to get on your podcast. You did a semi-final preview. You did a grand final preview, and you did not back Boleyn Templestowe to win in either of those. You also failed to do your research and actually put incorrect information on the podcast in terms of the one's batting ability and bowling ability. You backed Doncaster both times. So I think when you do your next podcast, the Corden that you come out and make an official apology to Box Hill, sorry, to Boleyn Templestoke Cricket Club 
because the likes of Harrison Free, Jack Berry, Adam Howard, Zach Milioni, Smitty, Chance, Dash, Hamish McLean, the whole team, Gia, they all deserve an apology because you doubted the Bull Ants. But that's my little segment on what was an incredible Saturday and early Sunday morning. In the words of Briffa, the diary was clear. All right, that is the end of episode six of Aussie Talk. I hope you all enjoyed. And for those who are listening on the Boleyn Templestowe Cricket Club segment, if you do go to Boleyn Templestowe, I hope you enjoyed that segment. If not, I hope you were provided with some great insight in what was a truly great win for the club. We also discussed some other things like the flooding situation in Queensland and New South Wales. And once again, my thoughts and best wishes go out to everybody out there. We also looked at my big call in preparation for the footy season and also had a quick tribute to the one Shane Warne. So I hope you all enjoyed those segments and... I'll see you guys later. Cheers.